and welcome to the Oreos in the Know podcast, featuring Avon Community School Corporation Superintendent Dr. Scott Windham. Twice a month, Dr. Windham has a conversation with students, educators, district leaders, and some other special guests who are in the know, so you can be in the know too. So pull up a chair and listen in, and thank you for joining us on the Orioles in the Know. Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of Orioles in the Know, a podcast from the Avon Community School Corporation. I'm Scott Windham, the superintendent of Avon Schools, and we use these podcasts as another way to keep our parents, staff, and community tuned in with all the great things happening in our school district. Before we get started, I want to thank the Avon High School broadcast uh, students who created our little intro and outro for our podcast, which was a nice addition. Um, But joining me today, I'm really excited to talk about preschool in Avon schools and the exciting changes that are underway for the 21-22 school year. I'm pleased to be joined today by two individuals who have been doing a lot of work to get us ready for that and will continue to help lead preschool in coming school years. So first is Lori Carmichael Howe. Lori's our Assistant Director of Special Education who oversees our Special Education Preschool Program. And then Carrie Mize, who is currently the principal at Pine Tree Elementary, but next year will be transitioning to be the principal at the White Oak Early Learning Center. So thanks for joining me tonight. You're welcome. Thank you, Dr. Windham. Glad, glad to be here. You, glad you got you could both join us. So, Lori, can you give us an overview? You've you've been in the district for a couple of years now and have been really involved in preschool and helped c- kind of navigate that we needed to to look at a centralized preschool. Can you give us a little overview of what preschool in Avon looks like right now for those that maybe don't know? Sure. Uh, Preschool in Avon is really kind of divided up into two different types of preschool. We have our Seedlings Preschool, which is a general education full day program. It provides a high quality early childhood experience as well as um, some extended day care um, for parents that need that. Um, It serves mainly a lot of our employees um, and some of our community members. And we've seen over the past few years a huge demand for that program with a long waiting list of people to get in. So that was one of the reasons why we wanted to look at changing up and expanding. The second part of preschool that we have currently is developmental preschool, which is preschool for students with special needs. We, um, as a school system, take over services for kids coming out of first steps if they have disabilities starting at the age of three. So we, as soon as kids turn three, we have them evaluated and they become part of our program. That program is half day and it's generally... Um, a self-contained classroom where all the students in that classroom have disabilities. And can you talk a little bit about um, how many kids are in a developmental preschool classroom typically? With our developmental preschool classrooms, we typically have kids that have just turned three or in their three-year-old year in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we have more of our four-year-olds and five-year-olds before they go to kindergarten. We try to keep the numbers low, but that's been difficult in the past few years because we've had such a large increase. But a typical class is around 12 students with multiple adults, a main teacher and two assistants in that classroom. But we keep those numbers small because the kids as I said before, do have special needs. So we want to make sure that we're giving them the most high quality services that we can in a smaller class size. 
That's great. My youngest daughter was in the first seedlings class, so I didn't work for Avon Schools at the time. We just thought it was neat that we could send her to Avon Schools, mm-hmm. living here, send her there to get her into the preschool program, and now she's in eighth grade and yeah. going to be a freshman <laughs> next year. It's hard to believe seedlings has been around that long, yeah. but it, it really does have a great reputation in the community. And then um, our families who talk about their kids who started in developmental preschool and are now graduating and walking across the aisle, and they got that boost that they needed at when they were three or four, and that really set them up for success mm-hmm. than when they entered school. Both of those programs are such great programs for our students. Right now, preschool is spread across three elementary schools. Correct. Correct. Can yes. you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, because our buildings are so full, we've kind of fit preschool in wherever there is an open classroom. So we have um, a, a seedlings class at Pine Tree, as well as three developmental preschool classrooms. At White Oak, we have two developmental um, teachers. Well, sorry, three. We just added one um, at uh, winter break because our program has expanded so much. And then we have two seedlings classes at um, Maple Elementary. So with the opening of White Oak Early Learning Center, we're really excited that we can bring all three of those programs um, together under one roof and really be a school um, and an integrated staff and work together um, instead of being spread across three buildings. Being spread across three buildings also creates challenges with our support staff um, and our therapists that have to travel, you know, between those buildings to serve those students. So one of the decisions that our school board made when we were studying how to expand, um, particularly some of our elementary schools, was to look at both White Oak and Maple are our oldest schools that have been around for 50 and 60 years that our community has put a lot of investment into. Um, and by moving preschool into a central location that freed up classroom spaces at those other buildings to allow those to be uh, to have more elementary students in them. And, and part of the other thing that the board looked at was it was going to take a lot of money to make White Oak uh, up to the standards that we have now for elementaries and Maple up to the standard that we have now for an elementary elementary school. So part of the decision the board made was to really focus Maple as an elementary, grow that building, make it the kind of elementary school that we have come to expect in Avon. White Oak didn't need as much work to be a preschool center. Restrooms in the classroom was a big part of that. But beyond that, it's pretty much ready to go as a preschool center. So this was really part of the strategy that the board had to grow the elementaries by maximizing classroom space there and really put uh, their resources behind Maple as an elementary school and White Oak to to be more operational as a preschool center moving forward. So um, preschool's not ever really been able to lay down roots anywhere because they're always one of the last pieces of the puzzle that in the summer we go, oh, we've got space to put preschool here or preschool there. So I know the preschool team's really excited to have a place that they can call their own and not have to worry they're going to get moved every summer, which some of them have done year after year after year. They are beyond excited. And I don't know if you've ever been in a preschool classroom, but they like their things and they have a lot of stuff. So moving all of those pieces and parts to make a fun classroom and all of the dress up materials and all of the kitchen little things um, is a lot. Um, So our staff puts in a lot of extra hours to get those rooms um, ready to be moved. So they are extremely excited to be under one roof. And um, also you mentioned those bathrooms. 
when you're working with three-year-olds and three-year-olds with disabilities in particular, a lot of them aren't potty trained. And so it's um, really hard when you have to take those students down the hall to the bathroom. So now having a bathroom in the room is going to make just a huge impact on the quality of time that they have with us. They can really work on potty training um, in a more productive manner with that bathroom there and not having to run down the hall and figure out how we're going to keep the room staffed while somebody takes a kid to the bathroom. So that's sure. a great, great addition. I think the last time I stopped in Seedlings, it was I got to play with a whole tub of red fire trucks. I thought <laughs> I'd never seen so many red fire trucks. So I can certainly appreciate your point that there's a lot of things that go into a, a preschool classroom. Uh, you talked about that right now we really are, our programming is really divided. Seedlings being our for pay community preschool, developmental preschool being all of our kids with disabilities. Part of what we've talked about for next school year is adding a half day option that would be seedlings half day that would kind of be a blended program. Can you talk about why that's so important for our kids with disabilities? Sure. When we looked at expanding, one of the things we know that uh, in our community, there are many programs that offer half day, three day a week or two day a week programs. So we wanted to mirror what's happening in our program and also expand opportunities for our students with disabilities. So currently when I mentioned our developmental preschool is pretty self-contained, meaning that they're in a classroom with all students with disabilities, what they're lacking is access to typically developing peers. And we call that inclusion. And so when, um, we have children that learn side by side and have you have high expectations and you're teaching to the whole group, we have much greater outcomes um, from that. That's been studied all the way from the preschool level to the high school level. Um, that inclusion really creates um, better outcomes for our students. One of the things we looked at is that though over 90% of our students in preschool are served in a self-contained setting, only about 1% of that go on to be in a self-contained setting for kindergarten. So they're not getting that exposure to a larger class size, more typical peers, and all of those type of things that um, students out in the community are getting in their community preschool. So we wanted to bring that into our schools, um, and we're really excited about that. One of the things that typical models do for our students with um, disabilities is that nobody really talks like a three-year-old or a four-year-old except for another three-year-old or four-year-old. When we have adults modeling, it's great, and we certainly get benefits from that. But when we have other students who are doing that naturally as part of their everyday environment and they're playing together and they're learning together, <clears throat> it's much more effective. Um, some positive peer pressure. When we talk about peer pressure being a bad thing, this is a good thing. Um, and so we've seen that time and again. Um, my background is a speech language pathologist, and I fully believe that inclusion in that natural setting, it just leads to the best outcome. So I'm super excited that by expanding the preschool, we're going to be able to offer that continuum for our students. So in those classrooms, there would be some spots that parents can pay for their children to go in, and then some spots that are reserved for the case conference of, for a student with a disability to, to, to say this student needs a placement in a more typical preschool classroom, Yes. Correct? That's correct. So we'll look at the evaluation. We'll look at the student and how they're performing and where are their goals. And then based on what their goals are, where what setting can best meet their needs. 
Um, so we'll re be reserving spots in each one of those half-day classes as a placement for our student with disabilities. Um, our students with disabilities have a range of different disabilities. We have students that maybe just have difficulty with pronouncing their sounds to students who are physically impaired in a wheelchair and need lots of assistance for all of their different skills throughout the day. And so we want to offer a continuum of services to support that because their needs are so varied. We need to be varied in how we support them. So we're not doing away with developmental preschool. No. We, we still have students that will need that level of support, but this yes. is at broadening our continuum so that we can have more placement options. For yes. Students. That's yes. great. So Carrie, uh, having been an elementary principal for a few years, you've seen firsthand our kids coming from preschool into kindergarten. Yeah. Um, and you've really been involved this year getting our preschool team uh, to review some curricular materials and, and decide what is our curriculum going to be for, for preschool. Can you talk about why that's so important and kind of what that process has been like in having a a curriculum that will be used at the preschool. Sure, absolutely. We're pretty excited because a couple of the programs that we've looked at in regards to having a set curriculum at the preschool center is to really build on and, and lead into what they're going to get into the elementary. And so a couple of the programs that we've been using at the elementary level, K-4, uh, do have preschool components, and we thought that they would really be a strong lead-in into kindergarten. And so, thankfully, the board approved two programs that had been recommended by the entire preschool team who had vetted a variety of things to look at what was going to best suit the, the preschool uh, center. And so, we are moving forward with the social-emotional curriculum at the preschool, and then we are also using a program called Foundations, which is currently being utilized in kindergarten through third grade, and we're super excited to provide the kids this opportunity from a very early literacy standpoint to start working on sounds and letters and writing uh, using the same language that they're going to get the first day that they walk into kindergarten. So we really see that as really setting them up for success. Well, and so much of it is Sometimes we think preschool is just like pre-kindergarten, but preschool kids really learn in a different way, and it is play-based, and it is rich language. And, you know, some of that is in kindergarten, but not as much as was in kindergarten when I was in kindergarten. Right. So right. preschool is a very different structure, but to know that through play and through language, we're getting kids some of that common vocabulary that's going to set them up for kindergarten is really exciting. Yeah, I, I would agree. And when I think about the social emotional curriculum that we're looking at, it's also something that's already existent at the K-4 level in all buildings. And it's really exciting to see the scope and sequence of that program and the topics that will be covered with the kids. Uh, anywhere from just learning how to introduce themselves to a friend to what it's like to show empathy as a four-year-old or a five-year-old. Uh, and then at the end of the program, it's really about kindergarten readiness and, and getting them ready for that first day of kindergarten and being excited about it and feeling confident to go in and not be afraid. And so we're just really excited about the opportunities that the, this is going to provide to go into an already great program. That's great. So you both have been really involved in the plans for White Oak. I said earlier, 
it, there wasn't a lot of work that had to happen expanding the footprint of White Oak the way that we have Maple um, in order for White Oak to be a preschool center. But there have been a lot of decisions that have had to have been made, and you guys have, have been really key in that. So what aspects of the new White Oak are you most excited about, and, and what do you think has been the most fun to design a, for our three-, four-, and five-year-olds? When, when I think about that, the first thing that comes to mind are things that right now at Pine Tree they don't have access to. So an example of that, when I think about the playground that we're going to have at the Early Learning Center, um, right now at Pine Tree, we've had to make shift the playground because the existing equipment is not aligned with the age group of preschool. Sure. And so I think about the play space. I think about just having everyone in one building and how we're going to be able to bring the kids together and bring the staff together. The, the preschool staff, I don't know, have they ever, Lori, been in the same building? It's been many years, and it's before I was here. <laughs> okay, so I, just that is exciting. Yeah. Um, and then from a facility standpoint, I would say it's just been really exciting to see a, a building that is coming together that is strictly designed for three- to five-year-olds. That That, I think, is what we're most excited about. Um, I can echo some of the same things that Carrie said. With the playground, one of the things we're excited about is we're going to have some adapted equipment. So we'll be able to have a wheelchair swing or a child that um, can't actually sit up on their own still be able to access a swing. So it's really important as we design these things that we make it inclusive. So we're building an inclusive environment, not just in the building with their classroom, but outside the building on the playground. Um, we're going to have outside storage for playground equipment so we can access that quickly so we can get our sidewalk chalk and our jump ropes and our hula hoops and all of those kind of things quickly. Um, we also have made a multi-purpose space in the cafeteria. So it's going to be used for large group activities, um, particularly in the weather that we're having right now. We'll be able to use for indoor recess. So during lunchtime, they'll be eating lunch, but we've made it really easy to collapse the tables, put them away in a closet, and there are going to be tracks built in the floor to ride your tricycle on and be able to play in that gym and in that cafeteria um, in a safe manner and get some of that energy out that all of our preschoolers have. So I'm really excited about that. Um, the other thing is that in our developmental preschool, we use um, a pedagogy model called TEACH, which is visually structured teaching. And um, one of the components of TEACH is that we divide our rooms up into zones. And right now we have a hodgepodge of whatever um, of furniture we could find in the district, whatever filing cabinet or um, other piece of equipment that we can use to divide up the space. So now all of our rooms will be uniform with matching furniture um, that's new and designed for the size of kid that is going to be using them. So I think that's super exciting too, that we'll just have new nice things that are really designed for that age group. That's great. And so many, so many of those decisions um, as we were talking about the facility over the last year and a half involved going and seeing other school-based preschool centers. And we certainly are not alone in Avon of taking this approach of freeing up elementary space by creating a centralized preschool. Can you talk about some of the preschool centers that the team went and saw? 
Sure. We visited um, our neighbors in Brownsburg to see their center. Um, we visited Wayne Township. We visited Franklin Township, who opened a center last year. Um, we visited Shelbyville, who took a unique um, kind of turn to take an old Kroger or Marsh and turn it into a preschool. So it's something completely different for us to see. Um, we visited Plainfield. Um we visited Pike, who also opened last year. So we really took the opportunity to see, like, what is working for other places? What would they change? You know, after they've lived it for a few months, what kind of things would they change? What do we need to look out for? And um, it was a nice opportunity, again, that the entire team got those opportunities. So when we went out to look, the occupational therapist might have a completely different lens at looking at things than a classroom teacher, than a speech therapist or a psychologist. So really the whole um, team got to take part in those visits and it was really exciting to kind of help plan what we wanted. Yeah. And learn, like you said, learn from what works and what doesn't work at yeah. these other places. So Carrie, I know we're uh, heading into registration mode here in the near future. And uh, we get calls often of parents wanting to know when they can register, right. how do they learn more? So if, if parents are interested in this, whether that be for um, special education or whether that be for their um, community preschool approach, how, where do they go to get more information and what's the timeline for that? Sure. Uh, they can go to the website uh, by going to the main Avon webpage and going under academics uh, the academic tab and finding the early learning center. The information we're starting to place there in regards to hours, enrollment links, it's all online. Gone are the days where they would line up outside of White Oak in the freezing cold to register for seedlings. Overnight. I've heard stories of people parking overnight in the parking yes. lot. Yes, yeah. yes. And so uh, they can go to the website to get a lot of their information. We will be opening registration for re-enrollment of existing seedlings and Avon employees uh, the 22nd, I believe, and then it will roll out to the community on March 1st. And then, Lori, if you want to talk a little bit more about the developmental preschool uh -huh. and that process. If you have a child that has special needs or you're concerned that perhaps needs a specialized program, um, we do um, take information and then kind of do a screening on the phone of just what your concerns are. Um, so it would be best to call um, into the special education office and we could um, get you in contact with our preschool coordinator who right now is Kelly Weaver. Um, she's doing a maternity leave for Katie Ader, who is our um, normal um, preschool coordinator, but she does all of the intake. And then we would schedule a uh, time to contact you about what you need you're seeing with your child. And then we would determine the scope of that evaluation, get the permission done. And then we would have a certain timeline to get that completed. Um, usually if it's a parent referral, it's about 50 days. But from that process, then we would complete the evaluation, hold a conference and determine if the student is eligible for special needs and then what their program would look like from that. So basically a phone call um, is the best way to start or an email to our department. Great. Well, I really appreciate both of you. You've put in a ton of work to get us to this point, and, and I know there's a lot of work that will happen in the next few months before school starts in July. Um, but I, I look at the, the plans and the, the, the presentations that you've done to the school board, and I think this is going to be amazing for our youngest students. And I, I, I'm just so excited to see how all of this hard work that you've put in is really going to pay off for our students that are going to be set up for uh, a really successful preschool experience. So thanks for all that you've done. 
Oh, you're very okay. welcome. I think we're just as excited yeah. to get it going too. Yes. And okay. I want to thank you and the school board for getting it passed. So we're really excited. That's going to be, I think, my favorite place to go on the first day of school <laughs> is to see all those preschool kids walking into their new preschool center. That'll be fun. You come right on over. That's right. right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. And we will share more next time. Thank you. Thank you. And you've been listening to Orioles in the Know featuring Avon School Superintendent, Dr. Scott Windham. To stay in the know, be sure to follow Dr. Scott Windham at Avon Souped. That's at A-V-O-N-S-U-P-T or Avon Schools at Avon Tweets on Twitter or like Avon Schools on Facebook. You can always visit the corporation website at avon-schools.org or call the central office at 317-544-6000. That's 317-544-6000. Finally, be sure to subscribe to Orioles in the Know on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. (laughs) 